This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the podcast, let's focus a little bit on Illini golf, shall we? Pearson Hunt, Illini's sophomore golfer, kid from Wisconsin, actually also from Canada and spent some time over in Europe as well. He'll join us, talk a little bit about his backstory, but also another Big Ten championship victory for Mike Small, their 12th Big Ten championship in 13 seasons, seventh straight, which is a Big Ten record. And Pearson Hunt is a big part of that, had a huge final round at the Big Ten championship, and the sophomore has really come on this season. So we'll talk to him about playing for Mike Small, about going into the NCAA regional, and of course, trying for another NCAA championship. Uh, But before we get to Pearson, let's talk a little bit about where we're at with Illinois basketball and Illinois football. It's actually a little bit of a slower time. Terrence Shannon commits, and now we're starting to see and wait, really, for the next front court piece. Is it Matthew Meyer, the Baylor transfer, or is it Pete Nance? Will Illinois be a major player for him if both of those guys or either of those guys opts out of the NBA draft, comes back to college? Illinois certainly is being patient, and it seems like those two guys are are a big reason why Meyer has actually talked to a few reporters about his college recruitment. So it seems like he is far more uh, available for you know coming back or more likely to come back for college. Pete Nance, though, not a guaranteed NBA draft pick. I do think he's an interesting uh, piece in the NBA, potential prospect, potential two-way contract kind of guy. And of course, his lineage, his dad, Larry Nance, for, for those who Grew up in the 80s, were watching basketball in the 80s. Larry could fly. Uh, won an NBA dunk contest, I believe. And, of course, um, Larry Nance Jr. is a pretty good player in the NBA. Been in the NBA for a long time as well. So we're just waiting uh, on those guys. But, obviously, you're starting to see, whether it's Terrence Shannon or R.J. Melendez, tweeting at Matthew Meyer, Sky Clark as well. So it's clear Illinois would love to add him. And we've talked about it here on the podcast, but he'd be such an interesting fit. I think he'd be such a fun fit. You think about you know style of play, and you imagine a group of either Jade Nepps and Sky Clark with Terrence Shannon, R.J. Melendez on the wing, and Matthew Meyer at 6'9", 225, a really good defender, really athletic, can shoot the three, wasn't all that efficient doing it this year, and he can force up some shots. And Coleman Hawkins at 6'10", you know, 225, you know, versatility, getting up and down the court. I mean, you talk about the flying Illini. This team can fly and finish. I mean, Terrence Shannon, one of the best dunkers. R.J. Melendez, we know can fly. Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins certainly uh, are, are dunk machines as well. So you put all those guys with Sky Clark, Jade Nepps. The style of play is fascinating. And, and I think defensively, those guys can really get after it, really get aggressive. Then you add some depth with Jade Nepps potentially coming off the bench and being a bucket getter. You know, Dane Danger, Luke Goody. That could be a really fun team. What it does lack, if you add Admire, 
is another backup post that I think can battle with somebody, another big body who can battle with Zach Eady or Hunter Dickinson. Notice I didn't say like own them, uh, but you could do so much else elsewhere and that, you know, Meyer and Hawkins and maybe even Danger could be matchup problems for Edie and Dickinson. So I think Brad Underwood is is fascinated with that. And we know he's very interested in Meyer and, uh, you know, the, the championship pedigree. I think Illinois is going to be a major player for him. So we'll see where that goes, but it's going to probably take some time here. And then Nance, uh, it seems like, and we've talked about it, you, you go on paper, he seems like the more ideal fit, right? And that he's a bigger body could defend a little bit better against those big guys, but also can stretch the floor from three, a phenomenal three-point shooter the last couple of years, can really shoot it well from the mid-range, the post, the, the pinch post there, but also can post people up. Um, not as you know switchable as some of these other guys, but he's certainly not Kofi Coburn as well. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. And right now we're just kind of in wait-and-see mode, but I do think it's worth you know, observing at least that Illinois has not pushed for any other front court targets that we know of quite yet. We haven't heard any other people mentioning Illinois all that much. So it seems like they either are pretty confident they're going to get those guys or one of those guys or feel good that they have a good chance of getting those guys or that if they don't, that they can fall back at a decent, you know, backup or rotation player post that, you know, can be a bigger body for them. Um, but it's worth waiting on these guys. Brad Underwood has talked a lot about patience and we know there there's a lot of talking behind the scenes with all of this. And Illinois at least seems to have, you know, the confidence that they're going to be in the mix for these guys and that likely they could end up with one of them. So that's pretty encouraging. Uh, if you're observing this from the outside, the, the more fascinating question for me is, do they take a guard? Do they look for a guard? Can they land a guard that they want? And Joey Wagner and I talked on about this for a daily dish coming up, but I do think trying to add a guard or finding the right guard is a little bit more delicate than finding the front court piece. I know we've sat there and sweated a little bit after Coleman Hawkins comments of, do you add a front court piece with the risk of angering him? I, I would sit there and tell Coleman 25 to 30 minutes is going to be there regardless of whatever piece you make or whatever piece you add here. If you had Pete Nance or Matthew Meyer, I still think Coleman Hawkins is playing 25 plus minutes a game. I think Dane Danger is the guy who would, who would lose minutes. And I'm okay with that because Dane Danger has played nine minutes of college basketball. So I wasn't one sitting there going, yep, sign him up for 25 minutes and we're good. Uh, I think you needed another front court piece that's going to play huge minutes. And even if you had somebody like Meyer and Nance, that's probably 25 plus minute a game guy. I think Coleman Hawkins given that he can play with all those guys, both those guys, I, I think he's fine as long as he takes care of his business and, and improves and expands on his game and becomes more reliable like we saw at the end of last year. I, I think he could take off, and I think he could be better with those guys on his team because what the NBA is looking at, and Coleman is in the 2023 NBA mock draft for ESPN, not only in it, he's the highest drafted or slated Big Ten player at number 40. No, I think that changes if Chris Murray comes back from Iowa, Max Christie from Michigan State, Diabate in Houston from Michigan. I imagine one or two of those guys come back and get drafted higher than him. But I think that says about Coleman Hawkins the potential of what the NBA sees. And for me, it's, yeah, Coleman Hawkins can shoot, and, and he, can, he can grow as a double-digit scorer potentially this year. But it's what he does defensively. It's, it's the versatility he brings 
defensively and offensively. It's those little things. He's a role player at the next level, right? And I think he does those things extremely well. And with more talent around him, I think he can showcase all of those tools. And if Illinois makes a, a deeper run in the tournament, I think he can show, showcase those skills even more at, at a high level. So I, I wasn't too concerned about that. Now, the guard, Illinois and Brad Underwood, when he's been asked for needs or what he's looking for in the transfer portal, he's mentioned the front court. When asked by Derek Piper a month ago if a veteran ball handler is one of those things, and he basically you know, said, not really. And you know some of that could be you know, a head coach doing his politicking. He just signed a five-star guard or former five-star guard, top 30 guard, if you want to label it that way, and Sky Clark, who's going to play major minutes. And they plan on him being a huge piece of the team. Jaden Epps looks ready to make an impact. You know, Both those guys seem ready to make huge impacts. We'll see where Sincere Harris is, a little thinner than those guys. He's got to add some weight, but certainly gets after it defensively, which could find him you know, time on the court. I thought that's why Brandon Podjemski at times got, got time on the court is because he played defense. I think Sincere Harris can do something similar. But I think there's a scenario where Sky Clark and Jaden Epps as your point guard can end up being pretty good. Maybe not early on, but towards the end of the year, you saw Malachi Branham take a huge leap. We've seen point guards at Illinois as freshmen play really well, whether it was Demetri McCamey, you know, Brad Underwood probably, or uh, not Brad Underwood, Bruce Weber probably should have played him a lot more early in that season, kind of let him grow. I think Brad Underwood kind of wants to do that. I think he's fine with taking the short-term lumps as long as by the end of the season, those guys are hitting their stride. And certainly they're more talented than some of the options you can get in the portal. So I think there's Brad Underwood wants to go with those guys, but also if one of those guys gets hurt though, or one of those guys is just simply not ready or something happens to where those guys aren't available to play or, or trustworthy to play, all of a sudden you're looking at you know, two freshman guards and really no one else. Now you can play R.J. Melendez, Terrence Shannon at the two, but I think there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty there. So I do think Brad Underwood's got to find that guy. And certainly they reached out to Courtney Ramey, and I think he makes all the sense in the world at least from Illinois' perspective, because Courtney Ramey plays 20-plus minutes, 25-plus minutes a game. I do think you can find a way to do that. Now, certainly Epps probably, or or Clark, one of them, takes a hit in playing time, but I think Ramey can play with those guys. I think you can play small where Ramey, Shannon, and Melendez are kind of your wings with Hawkins or whoever at the five. It just gives you a certain way to play, but Ramey's played off the ball a lot at Texas, but he also can't handle primary ball handling duties at times. He can shoot threes. He's a great catch-and-shoot guy, and he just plays defense. Like That's your concern with the, with the freshman coming in is will they lock in defensively right away? Now, Terrence Shannon should help with that. If you land Matthew May- Meyer, he certainly helps with that. Coleman Hawkins, versatile defender. You'd expect R.J. Melendez to get a little better on that end as well. But I do find the guard thing a little bit more interesting because I think it's harder to find that fit because a guy like Ramey could get a lead guard spot somewhere right? and really showcase himself as a potential point guard at the NBA because he has to be able to handle the ball at the NBA level. So is he going to be sold on kind of splitting time and being you know, the number two or three option at lead guard? He was just that at Texas with Marcus Carr, right? So I, I don't know if that's going to be the fit. Or even I, I think it would be great if you could add somebody like Michigan has the last couple of years, like Devontae Jones or Mike Smith. Those guys came in, averaged 9, 10 points, five assists, a couple rebounds, just tough guys. Kind of your Andres Felice kind of player. The guy who accepts that role of 
winning and, and making the winning kind of impact, doing the little things. But hey, if I got to take over at times, if the freshmen aren't ready, I can do that. But I'm okay kind of being, you know, playing co-star in the backcourt with those guys. I'm fine with that. That's hard to find. Uh, but if you can find it, you'd love to. Like, I think the fit would have to matter so much with guards. And, and I think that could be hard to find. So we'll see what they do there. But, you know, there's obviously upside with those freshmen. There's also the downside of not a lot of depth and no experience. No experience, but there's, there's a lot of talent back there. So that would be interesting to watch moving forward. One more thing before we get to Pearson Hunt. Illinois football, their staff is on the road recruiting. And a couple interesting offers here. The first one I'll talk about is, is Jamal Howard, the defensive lineman from Marist. Got to be honest with you, I saw him play when I went and saw Jimmy Rolder play a couple games, uh, who was a you know, breakout star during his senior year. Linebacker signed with Michigan. He's an Illinois uh, legacy, but he, he went to Michigan. Who can blame him after what Michigan has done the last couple years? But I saw Jamal Howard and said, that guy's a no-doubter. 6'3", 320. Uh, probably could could stand actually as one of those guys that once he gets in better shape could slim down a little bit, but unbelievably talented for uh, a 6'3", 320-pound guy, moves really well. And, you know, I was, to be honest with you, shocked. Illinois didn't offer early, but most Power 5 programs in Iowa State offered. And then the same day on Saturday morning, Wisconsin offers and Illinois offers. So I'm not certain of, of what the delay was for that, but Illinois certainly wasn't the only one. But an in-state guy at a huge position in need. It's going to be interesting to watch that one moving forward. I talked to Jamal. Sounds like he'll visit Wisconsin and Illinois. Iowa State, he didn't mention. He mentioned Western Michigan. So it seems like this could become a Big Ten battle pretty quickly. And Wisconsin, obviously, has had a lot more success. Is just as close to Chicago as Illinois is. Madison, not that far down the road from them. So I do find that one interesting, but I'm glad Illinois offered because I think you got two defensive linemen in Chicago and Jamal Howard and Roderick Pierce that Illinois needs to land one of those guys. You know, Terrence Jameson recruiting the Chicagoland area. There's not a lot of great defensive line prospects, especially interior defensive line prospects that always come out of the Midwest. And when you got some in your backyard, I think it's really important you land one of those guys at the very least. So Illinois, we'll see what they can do with him moving forward. The most interesting offer to most people, including myself, is a quarterback offer. Barry Loney Jr. offers his third quarterback in this class. One of them, J.J. Cole, already committed to Iowa State. The other, Brock Glenn. Uh, out of Tennessee, has a ton of offers. And they go down to Tennessee and, and offer another one, and it's Hank Brown, who doesn't have a lot of varsity experience because he was playing behind Cincinnati's commit in the class of 2022. But Hank Brown is playing in Nashville, but he's actually from Wheaton, a Chicago suburb, and he played at Wheaton Warrenville South, which has obviously been a very good program in the state for a long time now. Uh, but he transferred down to Nashville to play for Trent Dilfer. A former Super Bowl winning quarterback who's now the head coach at Lipscomb Academy. And actually, Barry Loney learned about Hank Brown by going to a coaching uh, clinic and, and talking to Trent Dilfer. And, and Trent must have mentioned, hey, I got a kid from Chicagoland, going to be my quarterback this year. And uh, kudos to, to Loney, follows through and, and makes the visit down there, sees him throw in person, and uh, offers Hank Brown, uh, who's got a strong arm, big body. 
Um, really accurate, seems to make good decisions. Not as tested at the varsity level, but he seemed to really like what he what he sees. And, uh, you know, I expect Illinois will get a visit in, in the coming months. And to have that kind of in-state sell of a kid who grew up in the state uh, certainly doesn't help and, and certainly one of the biggest offers for him. And Barry Loney is, is really going across. It's the biggest storyline of the entire evaluation period for me is to see who Barry Loney offers, what kind of quarterback he offers, and who he's looking at. And, and he looked at another one, James Murphy out of Massachusetts. Hasn't offered him yet, but in our 6'4", 190, big-body quarterback, you know, you know, son of a, a former NFL quarterback, former Division One quarterback as well, and you know, makes good decisions, really smart. So I, I think you're starting to see a type, and it's certainly a pro-style passer. But Illinois is behind, again, in recruiting quarterbacks in the class of 2023 here, and they were last year because you, you change offensive coordinators, you're changing styles that you want in quarterbacks, you're changing what you're looking for in a quarterback. But quarterbacks recruiting is sped up more than any other position because there's only so many power five spots. So guys commit early to lock up that spot, and so far 31 of the top 45 in the country at least as of last week, had committed. So when you get behind in a cycle a little bit, you got some urgency. And even a guy like Hank Brown told me, yeah, there's a little urgency on my side of things too because you want to lock up your spot because there's just not many of them available. So these quarterback recruitments could go pretty quickly here. So it's something to watch uh, moving forward into the spring and summer. We'll see uh, if Lunny offers any more quarterbacks or they feel good about Hank Brown and and get him on campus and, and see if they could close pretty quickly. All right, let's get to some Illini golf talk. It's always been kind of a focus for me to cover in May because, you know, usually in my time covering Illinois, football was a long slog. Basketball, you know, a lot of missed tournaments in there, but there's always Illinois golf at the end to give you that taste of of winning. And Mike Small continues to bring that to the program. 12 of 13 Big Ten championships after another one-stroke victory last week uh, over Michigan State in the Big Ten championship. And Pearson Hunt has been a big part of this team. Uh, three straight top 10 finishes. I catch up with Pearson Hunt to talk about the Illini this season, his big step forward as a sophomore, his worldly background, and playing for Mike Small. What makes Mike Small such a great coach in his opinion? That's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Illini Choir podcast, and when it's uh, May, that means Illini men's golf time, as Illinois under Mike Small has, has always provided a lot of excitement. We're glad to have on one of the key members of the 2022 Illini men's golf team, which is about to set uh, go to New Haven, Connecticut for their regional and try to get to their uh, 14th straight NCAA championships. Pretty amazing. Fresh off a, another Big Ten tournament title. And that's Pearson Hunt, sophomore golfer for Illini. Pearson, thanks for joining us, man. Nate, congrats on another Big Ten championship. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so postseason time. What, what's this time like for you guys in May, Pearson? Uh, well, right now, you know, we're still right in the middle of exams. So everyone's kind of going about their business, trying to polish off the school year, um, but also setting about their own work and uh, making sure that, like you said, for the next few weeks here, we're, we're set and ready to go and make another run. Well, it's two full seasons for you, Pearson, and two Big Ten championships by one stroke. Uh, what have yeah. these What have these been like for you? Stressful. Um, <laughs> yeah, both Big Ten championships coming down that close. Uh, definitely uh, would have liked to have a little bit more cushion, but um, you know, winning the title is winning the title if it's by one or fifteen or twenty. So, uh, really happy that we got it done both years, and um, obviously, uh, that's the one of our huge team goals for the year that we set out right when we get on campus in the fall um, is to win the Big Ten and uh, really happy that we got it done again this year. So how do you approach it? I know some guys like to know the leaderboard. I know some people don't want to know what's going on. You were huge in that third round, uh, the low score on the team. You get a top 10 finish individually. Uh, So what's it like on that windy, blustery Sunday? As you know, it's so close. Do you want to know? How'd you kind of approach it? Yeah, I uh, I made sure to ask the coaches a couple times during the round just kind of how we stood as a team. Obviously, I was playing well myself and moving up the leaderboard, but that was uh, that was the kind of bonus to it. Um, I always like to know kind of just where we stand as a team and individually, where however it falls, it, it just works out that way. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think probably twice each nine. I just whenever I saw the coaches, I just asked them, you know, how's it looking? Where are we standing? And they said. Uh, you know, sometimes they're a little bit vague with it, but they they always make sure to convey the right things. And, uh, you know, it was pretty close the entire final round. And so uh, their message was just to keep fighting and keep keep making as many uh, birdies and good pars as I could with that those tough conditions. There's got to be mental toughness with both the conditions and the pressure of that, Pearson. How, how do you handle that? Like, how do you, how are you able to, to process all of that and, and have a good round? Yeah, I really like the tough days, uh, you know, playing tough courses, really tough conditions, uh, just kind of the mentality that our program has is uh, grinding out the best score and make, getting the most out of your rounds. And um, that final round at Big Towns definitely, I felt like it, it fit that kind of vibe with uh, with the course playing really tough and tons of wind, wind up. And so just, you know, trying to maximize everything, it really helps me stay in the moment when the conditions are tough, uh, focus on the shot I'm hitting and, uh it, it worked out really well the final round of Big Tens this year. 
for those that don't know, I want to get into your backstory a little bit, Pierce, because it's it's so interesting. But before we do that, um, Mike, I know, and, and I've talked with Adrian, some other guys say, hey, this fall wasn't that great for us. I know you had a breakthrough getting your first tournament win, but how do you feel like this team has come together as the weather has warmed up around here? Yeah, um, like you touched on, I had some individual success in, at the end of the fall, but um, as a team, we've really kind of peaked the last uh, last three events here with, <laughs> with getting wins at Ohio State, Purdue, and uh, obviously the Big Ten Championship. So uh, everyone's kind of getting into a little bit of form. We played pretty much the entire fall and then the start of the spring um, with most events where we had one guy who struggled every event or, and, you know, it was different combinations of guys playing well. And uh, we never really got kind of the, the whole fit where everyone played well at the same time. And so um, obviously there's, there's still a lot of room for everyone to uh, keep cleaning things up and uh, hopefully we can get it to click all five of us here in the next few weeks. And uh, like I said, it it's just been a lot of a lot of growth from everyone individually. That uh, as it's come together recently here, it's it's been really fun. It's kind of a rarity to have a team in golf outside of college. You know, you get the Ryder Cup, all those things. But what has been the impact of of a team on you? Like, what what is the impact of of team play for you as an individual golfer? Um just kind of the camaraderie um and then for me last year being uh kind of in the alternate role uh into the postseason i got to watch all the guys as they approached you know the big 10 regionals and nationals and and see how they handled it see how they played approach their rounds everything that they did and so for me that was really helpful and um i feel like it's helped me make a step this year into uh obviously a bigger role for the team but um you know it's it's just been a lot of fun having these guys around you live with a few of them you I mean you just spend all your time with them they're brothers it's it's a lot more than just a team and so uh for us it's it's been really good like you said we we've built a lot this year and this this team this year has come together uh really well recently you hear a lot of coaches no matter what the sports say the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores what's the biggest difference for you as a sophomore um just kind of knowing a little bit more what to expect um I definitely was a little bit of a you know I had the deer in the headlights kind of phase at the start of spring last year when we got our season going um so for me it was just knowing a little bit of what I what I can expect to see when I go to an event or you know out of my game when I'm struggling or playing well all that stuff just piecing it all together and and having a better understanding of it all Obviously, Pearson, you're a very highly ranked recruit. Mike Small thought the world of you. They, they thought you'd be really, really good. So three straight, uh, straight top 10 finishes on top of your win in the fall. What's been working well for you? Why have you kind of taken this leap? Um, just kind of personally, I've just pieced it together better uh, recently. I've uh, straightened out my driver, got more balls in play, given myself more opportunities and um, made a couple uh, switches, made a switch in my putter and feel really comfortable rolling the rock right now. And so, um, like you said, it's all come together and still haven't played, you know, right where I'd like to, but I've been able to grind out scores and, and uh, get some solid finishes out of the last few events. Well, Pearson, um, people, you know, could call you Mr. Worldwide based on everywhere you've been in your life of following your dad as a cattle breeder. Um, you know, obviously born in Canada, moved to Wisconsin, then you moved to the Netherlands and you're in Europe for a couple of years. Um, you, how do you think that impacted you, whether it's sports, whether it's life? How do you think that's impacted you having all that experience before you even got to, to college? Yeah, definitely more the life aspect than the golf. Obviously, it was really nice to um, get to play some golf in some cool spots in, in Europe, but 
um, just to experience different cultures at a young age was really awesome and um, be exposed to that kind of stuff helped me mature quick I, th I feel like um, so when we moved back to Wisconsin uh, and I was 13 it I felt like I was a pretty mature 13 year old and uh, yeah. was able to set about my business and um, approach getting better at golf and you know taking care of academics in a good way so Canadian American you're over in Europe for for a couple years um, what did you learn I guess about Canada living in America and what did you learn about uh, Americans living over in Europe yeah um, living in Europe the the main thing about America is just kind of the worldly view of it that's yeah. um, perceived as so many stereotypes but it's pretty much the exact same as living in Canada just a little bit more crowded since <laughs> there's so many more people here um, but yeah it's it's been awesome. Living in the States has been uh, really good to me and uh, Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin's home now. And yeah. um, obviously I love going back to Canada, visiting family and, and seeing everything up there. But um, the, uh, the States has given me a lot of opportunities that I'm really grateful for. You grew up playing hockey. Do, do you still, are you still a hardcore hockey fan or have you phased out of that? Uh, phased out of it uh, <laughs> for sure. A little bit living in Europe was tough. Uh, the time change and just everything, got disconnected a ton but uh moved played for a year when we moved back to wisconsin and then uh i follow it you know kind of half-heartedly still um the playoffs are going on right now and i'll check scores every once in a while or flip a game on but nothing uh nothing too die hard you know so many people want to know pearson the secret sauce for mike small in, in all of the success and i you know i've asked enough guys that I, I don't think there's one clear answer so i'll ask you this way how has mike small helped you as a golfer uh, well, obviously, he brings so much, you know, knowledge, personal experience, 20 plus years of coaching to the table. Um, so for me and all the guys in our team, it's kind of just about buying in. You know, obviously, he's created a recipe that um, has given our team success and a lot of individuals a, a lot of success. And so um, for me, it's just, you know, making sure that I'm listening with, you know, an open mind and taking everything in and, you know, piecing it together myself and, and working with Coach Small and Coach Barger to uh, to figure out what plan is going to help me be the best player I can be. Why did you originally want to play for him at Illinois? Uh, just the experience, you know. I the coach relationship for me was a huge influence in our in my recruiting process, and um, I don't feel like there's a better you know coaching relationship that I could have had than with uh, with Coach Small. And obviously, it boils down to so many other factors and in, in deciding where to go to school and play golf but um i couldn't pass up the opportunity to work with coach small for four years how is playing for him different <clears throat> than you expected if there is any way that it's different um maybe the the lighthearted moments he he definitely you know he's got the the hard shell and um he he's very intense and, and obviously wants to to go to an event and win the event and you know win championships but um just the the kind of lighter moments in between and uh the van rides and different things like that the jokes that he you know will throw out you on course to keep keep the mood light and um that's definitely the part that i didn't maybe expect to get as much but uh it's definitely been been really fun to see that side of him too and you know growing up over netherlands for a little bit uh jerry g was a guy you knew adrian demonte chastard obviously coming from uh belgium Th those guys are, are some of the older guys along with tommy cool 
How have you seen them with, with Michael Fiegels gone, with Giovanni Tadiato gone? I know it's a very different team this year. How have you seen those guys step up, or how has the team changed? Yeah, obviously losing Gio and Fiegels, uh, that was a huge part of our, our leadership in, in our team. And so, uh, you know, Adrian and Jerry and Tommy have all taken huge steps up. We've all had to really um, to, you know, bringing in three freshmen, having to mentor them, foster them into the culture and, and make sure that they're doing everything the right way. And um, I feel like all of us who, who have kind of had that experience from last year have uh, done a great job stepping in and, you know, taking different parts of the leadership that, that Feeks and Geo shouldered all of last year. You know, you come to Illinois, you, you come to, to win championships, Pearson. And what's it like to, to make sure you continue that streak in the Big Ten? I, I imagine, I mean, there's a lot of happiness you win, right? But there's also maybe a relief that you're not the team that loses that streak. So what, what's that like? Um, yeah, obviously, it's, it's great to win the championship and, and keep that streak going. But we never play from a perspective where we're worried about us being the one that, that drops that, that streak. Um, so for us, it's about setting our minds right and, and going about our business, knowing that, um, you know, when we show up to uh, French Lake this year, it, it was about looking up and uh, making sure that even if our name was at the top of the leaderboard, we were always trying to make our lead bigger. And uh, as it turned out, we were playing from behind for the better part of the championship. And, you know, like I said, looking up the leaderboard, making sure that we're chasing down uh, the teams ahead of us and not, you know, being worried that oh, we're only two shots up on, on this team and, and dwelling on that kind of fact. How do you think that can, you know, those two wins, close wins, Big Ten championships, and even the wins you've had here late in the season, how does that help you going into the regional this weekend? It just breeds a lot of team confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you can piece it together, and I know everyone hasn't played uh, the best or, or how they wanted to at each of the events that we've won recently, but um, it's it's been better. Like I said, we've all figured some stuff out, and uh, we've been able to to work it together in a better way than than how we did in the fall and then the beginning of the spring. What did you learn last year just being with the team of of postseason play of NCAA play? Um, just kind of the the way that everyone approached it was the main thing that I saw. Just um, you know, it's it's still just another tournament. It obviously has a lot of uh, there's a lot of importance in them. Uh, regionals making it to nationals and then nationals the stroke play portion making it into match play but um you know it's it's nothing different than how we've approached any event this season where we're still going out to shoot the best score we can grind out scores and and play the right way so um kind of just the the ease and calm that everyone kind of brought to it obviously there's a lot of excitement and um you can get kind of caught up in the moment but um just approaching it all the right way is is what i hopefully can can do the next few weeks and what I saw the most last year. Who's the guy Pearson Hunt's watching closest on the PGA Tour? Like who who's your who's your guy? I really like Max Homa. Okay. Just uh That's a big week know, for obviously, you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, obviously he got the win yesterday, but um just the the way that he plays golf, I, I really like his swing his game, the way he, he plots his way around the golf course, but his mentality is is really good and I like the kind of the way he approaches everything that way. All right, I want to do rapid fire. Who, who's the funniest guy on the team? I definitely think Jerry. Jerry? Okay. Yeah. Who's the most serious guy on the team? Adrian. <laughs> uh, what is the go-to dish you miss from Europe, if you have one? Oh, um, probably uh, it's called stroke waffles. It's just a couple of really thin waffles 
kind of like glued together with caramel. Um, you can get like knockoff ones here, but that's definitely the, the authentic ones are really good. Uh, is a Wisconsin guy. Do Wisconsin guys like Culver's as much as the rest of us? <laughs> definitely more. <laughs> definitely more. Well, Pearson Hunt, hey, you're heading to Connecticut for the Yale Golf Course. Uh, good luck this weekend, and thanks for joining us, man. This is a blast. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me. Great stuff from Pearson Hunt. And uh, he and the Illini will be the number four seed in the NCAA Regional at New Haven, Connecticut on the Yale campus. And that starts next Monday, May 16th. So how this happens uh, is the top five from each regional advance. So the low five teams on the leaderboard advance to the NCAA championships. And uh, Illinois has a pretty dang good history of doing that. As they've made 13 straight NCAA championships and of course have been to a lot of NCAA match plays haven't quite won the NCAA championship uh, but you get enough bites at the apple and Mike Small continues to do that you might have a chance to bring it home any one of these years but pretty strong team I think the top you feel great about your number one golfer Adrian DeMonte Chasser two-time Big Ten golfer of the year and he's been everything you want in a number one he's setting probably he's going to set the stroke average record for Illinois beating Mike Fiegel's last season so he's he's so good at the top uh, Illinois needs more consistency from the rest of their roster. Tommy Cool, a senior out of Morton, has played really well this spring. Pearson Hunt has stepped up. And Jackson Buchanan, their freshman, uh, has played pretty well uh, and has really stepped up kind of as their fifth golfer. A key for them is Jerry G. He's junior. Uh, last year was all Big Ten first team. This year he's taken a little bit of a step back. He's shown some life, but he's still got to find some more consistency. He had a really good first two rounds at the Big Ten championships, not a very good third round. So this team is capable, uh, certainly, of making the NCAA championships. I think that's um, you know that's ex- expectation at this point. But going as the number four seed in a strong field, you're never guaranteed these things. But Illinois and Mike Small always seem to find a way to hang in there and find a way to close pretty well. And then you get to the NCAA championships, and, and you really see what you got. And last year, able to get to match play. This year, certainly have enough talent to do so if they reach their peak. So always fun to watch them this time of year and refresh that golf stat. We don't get to watch them live, but, man, there's there's some kind of anxiety slash dopamine hit of refreshing golfstat.com. I don't know how many of us out there are doing that, but I'm certainly doing it. And it's uh, it's kind of entertaining in its own right there. You're not seeing it, but you, every time you refresh, I mean, in golf with five guys, the leaderboard can change every 10 minutes and, and change very rapidly. Because if a team loses three strokes and has a bad hole for five guys, all of a sudden they can really go down the leaderboard or they can skyrocket up pretty quickly. So it's always fun to watch and it's always great to just see Mike Small continue. Uh, his dominance. Appreciate you guys listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. We're going to do some more basketball later on this week. We're probably going to get Daddy Piper on the podcast at some point this week. We've given him a paternity leave. We want him focused on Haley and on Baby Cade. But at some point, we're going to get him on here and get uh, about 20, 30 minutes of Derek Piper talking some Illini hoops to get his thoughts on everything that's happening right now. And uh, he'll get back to writing with us uh, very shortly as well. But uh, happy to hear that Haley, Cade, and Derek are doing really well as as they savor these moments as uh, you know the family 
kind of having this time at home together. We want him to savor some of that. So uh, we'll get him on the podcast at some point. We also plan on talking a little more Illini basketball, maybe with a former Illini basketball player coming up on the podcast as well. So follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating and review. If you could take out 10 seconds of your day to do that right now, we'd really appreciate it. And if you're not seeing all the great content that uh, we're putting up with Trevor Valise's help on our YouTube page, you can certainly do that. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, push the notifications bell, smash the subscribe button, as they say. Uh, gives us a lot of support there, and we appreciate that. Uh, we're hoping to give you guys a little bit more content on the video side as well. But that's it for us today on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.